Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Sports with the personality and the specimen. Today, we are going to be discussing the NFC. AFC. AFC. AFC, yeah, we did NFC last time. There we go. Tongue twister this morning. It's all good, my friend. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to start off in AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. That's my start off for the day is overall so far, and they've kind of stayed the course other than they got Emmanuel Sanders. They also brought in Mitchell Trubinsky. And I know we talked off camera about that, but there's some interesting, they kind of retained what they needed, like Matt Milano's still there. And then they did bring in Jacob Hollister. Any of those stand out to you? And Matt Breda. Yeah, well, Trubisky, that doesn't really stand out to me. They, uh, To me, that's uh, you're basically just crippling the guy by putting him on the bench. He was supposed to be this big... Uh, quarterback that could that was supposed to be better than like Mahomes and uh uh Watson and now you you got you're trading him so basically in the NFL when you spend a first rounder like on a quarterback and then you you get rid of him for nothing it's like first rounders are like worth their weight in gold I feel like in the NFL especially in the NFL NFL and NBA actually I would say first rounders are worth worth their ticket oh yeah i agree and he it was just a missed opportunity there i do really like the emmanuel sanders signing to go with Diggs. i think the matt breda it's maybe i i don't know with him that's kind of old like he's old now i don't think he's the same player but yeah Emmanuel he might... sanders is the one that jumps out to me and i kind of like that and keeping matt milano is kind of nice really well and like just touching on that like so you're adding some uh, some experience and some veteran leadership to the locker room, which, again, we've been kind of debating about this for last week now. Is is it worth it with the price that you pay for that veteran leadership? But, like, at a dollar point, but later in the season, it's almost detrimental to have those senior players in your locker room. Yeah, at times, I think so. And I have, I don't even think they have the... How much he's been paid, either? So no, they didn't, they didn't put up how much he was going to not yet. Paid. I haven't seen it, so I looked on NFLhere.com. Can't see it, but which is actually kind of ironic because it's like I feel like all of these, especially after the new uh, TV deal came out, I feel like some of these contracts have been wild. Oh yeah, yeah, you betcha they have. There's been some crazy ones that I've seen so far, and. Like the Galladay one we talked about before, it was wild. But yeah, moving on to yeah. Miami, then I don't know. For me, Buffalo is kind of the same squad, and they've kind of just retained other than Emmanuel Sanders. So I'm going to just move to Miami. Miami's kind of been linked to Deshaun before all the crap that's been going on, and now they they got Jacoby Brissett to go with Tua, and then I looked at a few other things. They got Will Fuller. And then last year they had that um, Benardic McKinnon linebacker. They got Justin Coleman, nickel uh, corner or DB from Detroit. They signed him because he was cut. The big one here, I think, is got to be uh, Will Fuller. And I think that the Isaiah Wilson one, because he was the other person that I forgot to mention there was, he was a first round pick last year for the Titans and he's an old lineman, O tackle. So, they're kind of 
building up. And I think that Miami is going in with Tua. And I think them doing that trade last week from moving from three out of three, then they move back up to six. I would look at this team maybe getting like Jamar Chase or something in the draft. I I think that they're going to go run with Tua. What do you think? Well, I, you think they're going to run with Tua? I don't know. I'm still a little undecided. Uh, just because who was it yesterday? I think it was Philly. Somebody traded up in the draft. Fuck, I listened to it last night. I can't remember now. Miami traded back up. 49ers traded up. Oh, yeah, that's who it was. Okay, yeah, we'll get on to that later. But, yeah, it was the 49ers. Yeah, they But, uh, like, to me, there's just so many things happening with the NFL right now. I don't know if I believe that anybody's safe because I didn't think Trubisky would be a backup. I didn't think, like, there's so many things that have been happening this year that I didn't think would happen. Right. And now, so now it's just like, wow, do I think two is going to stay? I like, think though, moving back to six, kind of, I, with the draft coming, I think that three quarterbacks could easily go one, two, three. Those being Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Yeah. And yeah. then Atlanta at four, I, they're kind of where the questions start for me. And I don't know who they would take, but I, I, I think Miami's going to go with a uh, receiver or something. Honestly, they, that's well, they need firepower. Yeah. But looking at this, they – I don't know. They were a decent team last year, and I think they have to go with two when you spend a first on them. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. The next team is the big one that's made all the moves is New England. And New England's <laughs> here. Like, they got Nelson Aguilar. They re-signed James White. They re-signed Cam Newton. They got Kendrick Bourne. They, the big – probably the biggest two signings they did were Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, the tight ends. Then they went and got Trent Brown back from the Raiders. He's now back in uh, New England. They then signed another David Andrews uh, center, and they just have been filling up. And then on the other side of the ball, they re- they get Kyle Van Noy back. They get Matt Judon back. They get Jalen Mills. And this team looks like they haven't skipped a beat, and they're like back to the one year off kind of. Now they're back. My favorite of these ones is the two tight ends. They're probably going to go back to that system they wanted to use years ago with Gronk and um, Hernandez. Never really got that to fruition, but that would be my prediction is those two. And then on the other side, I do like those two linebacker pickups, Kyle Vanoy and Matt Judon. I think their biggest question for sure on this team is Cam Newton. And if one of the quarterbacks falls in the first round, I could see them taking one. What do you think? Well, I th- I think these uh, these Patriots like Bill Belichick after uh, not making the playoffs last year and kind of being the laughing stock in the NFL, and everyone's like, oh well. And last year too was like, I feel like the world was uh, they really had their eyes on the Patriots because like, well, I- I'm 32 years old, folks, and from as long as I can remember. Like, you have to, like, account. Like, I would have been really young when Tom Brady took over for Bledsoe. So, actually, I have no adult memory of Bledsoe. It wasn't until after, like, I dug into it that I remembered the Bledsoe era. But Tom Brady and Belichick have literally been, like, the face of the NFL. So then when you get rid of Brady and there's all this talk of the unknown, like, oh, what's Belichick going to do? Last year, they kind of fell on their face. And uh, I think this is redemption year for the Patriots. 
And I think you're going to see Mr. Bell Belichick up to uh, his scheming ways uh, with the pieces he brought in. Uh, the only one that's still kind of like a little hiccup and like uh, uncertainty is the quarterback position. I don't know if Cam is your guy there. Um, you're going to need some more offensive firepower, I believe, uh, to, to make him justifiable at, at, at like running your offense. But uh, and they need a, a really good running back, in my opinion. Um, someone to pound the ball for them. They always but, go with that system, though, where they just use a lot. But I do agree if somebody falls, they could. there is some good players in this draft, too, to do the fix that hole. Oh, there there is, but it's like like and the way that he's they've spent money there, it's like it's absolutely insane. So I'm I'm actually hoping that uh that they can pull around in that conference. Cause like right now, the AFC East, I'm putting the Dolphins at the top. Oh, sorry, wow. The Bills at the top. And then uh the Jets are automatically last because they're just the laughing stock of that division. But then it's like a toss-up this year. Who's going to come in second? Like, last year, it was hands down the Bills. But this year, I'm almost going to give it to the Patriots for a second, just how they look on paper. And I don't think Bill Belichick's going to take, like, a losing season back-to-back. No, I think – My thoughts. I think the Patriots are going to go, like, in the draft, too, and get more firepower. I would look at one of those receivers to fall down. (laughs) Jalen Waddle, I could see there. Or if you like a running back, if they, I don't just don't see him spending, like knowing the Patriot organization, they're not going to spend one on a running back. I would look at, there's rumors that Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman could be gone. So look at them maybe putting one more receiver in there in the first round. If one of those quarterbacks doesn't fall, my favorite landing spot for that is Jalen Waddle. But moving on to the last team, like you said, the Jets. So the Jets, this team is like years away from anything, in my opinion. I kind of, just to top it off, I don't get the Sam Darnold not giving him a shot, really. This team has not been very good as of late. They have done a lot of signing. So if people haven't followed, they've had a lot of money. So Corey Davis was my favorite wide receiver pickup for the amount. But... It ended up being Juju because he gave the pay cut. But Corey Davis got a three years, $37.5 million contract, which is good for the Jets. Keelan Cole. So they got a few. They got Tyler Croft. He's a decent tight end. And then on the other side, they have Sheldon Rankins. They got Davis from Detroit. Jared Davis just never lived up to the hype. Maybe he fits in here. And then they got LaMarcus Joyner. I, nothing stands out from the page. They also re-signed Tevin Coleman. I just see this team as a complete rebuild. And like I said, I would look at this team to trade Sam Darnold. Sam, unfortunately, because it sounds like they new regime. And when people get a new regime and their old adage was, if I'm going to get fired, I'll get fired with my guys rather than the guys before. So Robert Sallow, they're going to want, I can see them going Zach Wilson here and from BYU and then try to get rid of Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, depending on where he goes, could actually start kind of have a maybe finally get a shot. With him sitting at number two, though, the Jets, I'm not crazy about anything on their roster. So I, I, I think they go two unless they move back. Like if you have the number two pick, either they're going to try to trade that pick or move back with Trevor Lawrence locked as number one on my big board. And yeah, that's kind of the, what do you think? Because that so, kind of wraps up the division for me because 
I have just before I hand it over to you to say what you think is Buffalo number one. I have New England number two, Miami number three, and then the Jets number four. My reasoning is Buffalo was the best team last year. I really like their defense, and I like Josh Allen. He's my favorite quarterback of the four. I would then say New England's reloaded, and they have probably one of the most talented rosters. And then I believe Miami took a step back, and then, like you had said, the Jets are the Jets. So what do you think, buddy? Well, it's interesting what you said there. Like, Do you think Darnold is in a position, if he does get like potentially moved, is he going to be a backup? You think he's going to be a backup or a starter? Because if you look at like the trend right now, where where, where would he go that he would be in, in like that has uh, a starting spot available right now that he could walk into and start? I don't, I don't see anywhere that he could go. Like I, I'm pretty sure they're stuck with him. Like it depends on what they're asking. I think like everybody's locked Carolina in and at that eight pick. And I know we're talking about the AFC, but this does have to do with the Jets. Is unless you're in love with Justin Fields here, if you're Carolina, you could have a competition this year. Go best position available, draft that in the first round because you're a little ways away. Unless you get like a Deshaun Watson, but with all that going on, I don't see that happening now. Yeah, no. Maybe you go Sam Darnold. You make him and Teddy have. A battle in camp there and who wins that Denver I could see maybe Denver Broncos if I'm looking down the list I originally thought Chicago was a great fit for him but other than that yeah there's not a lot of like picks as you go down the Raiders really are they in love with we talked in the previous about that we can touch on that later I don't know if they're in love with their QBs and yeah no it, it's going to be a tough market I think for them and the Jets have two first-round picks this year, too, so you'll be looking at them spending. Everybody's locked them in and having a QB, so I think they're going to have to spend something on Darnold and dump him, kind of. They're going to dump him if they're spending a number two, because if I spend a number two pick, that I got I got to start him. So I, I, yeah. I don't know where he'll go. Atlanta could be a decent fit as a backup to Matt Ryan, learn a bit, and then get rid of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's salary there. Look at what you just said, maybe a year or two learn under guy, and then that'd be it for the older guy. Like Matt Ryan, I think Atlanta is going to be a new regime. I see them taking a talented player at number four, not a quarterback though. And I could see them. They could be a front runner for him or it just depends on what they're asking. Yeah. But like there's 32 teams in the league and the Jets are literally last in – Points, uh, first downs, second last in receiving yards, uh, and last in passing. Like, total garbage, total trash. It's like, how, how are you going to fix this team when you don't have the pieces to trade up? You have the space in the, like, in the salary, but it's like, what are you guys doing? You're not trying. There's nothing, there's nothing with the Jets that uh, is appealing for a player to want to – what would make an NFL player want to go to the Jets right now? You know what I mean? Like, I, n- nobody I know would want to go there. It's literally a dying franchise. I think that they're going to rejuvenate in the next. Honestly, I think that they got killed by what's his name, Adam Gase, or whatever his name was. Yeah, just butchered their team. He destroyed them. Yeah, and I would say that with two first round picks, if you have the number two pick overall in the draft, you go get who you want and. Trevor Lawrence has been hyped huge, but to be honest with you, the 
overshadows. Maybe Zach Wilson has been every bit there. The only problem I could see from here is if they really like Darnold, then they don't go Zach Wilson and then look for them to take another position. My favorite position we'll be touching on in a bit, though, and I'm going to move into the next division just because of that, because the guy that's my favorite player in the draft is going to be coming up on that. But to move on to the AFC North. Now, this division is one of my favorite divisions to follow. It's black and blue. It's been years of Ray Lewis, Jerome Bettis, all the good stuff, Ocho Cinco. It's been fun. So Baltimore Ravens, first off, they get Sammy Watkins. So they kind of do a power shift. They take him from the Chiefs, which I think Sammy Watkins is talented. He needed that new start, and he's kind of found his spot in Kansas City after a rough start in Buffalo. They then got a tight end, Josh Oliver, from the Jags in a trade. We all know that. They then addressed the guard position and got Kevin Zelter. And then they got Bowser on the D end. They paid for him. Pernell McPhee. But overall, Derek Wolf, they re-signed. But anyways, this team lost um, Judon. This team, I think, on offense really does need to reinvent, like, their offense. It's been a quite – I hate to use the word because I like Lamar, but it's been almost too one-dimensional with Baltimore. They can't get the ball going downfield, and I just see them as a team that I, – I don't know where they're going really with it. Look at them in the draft, too. It's probably been – they don't have the edge rushers they once had. They don't have that outside presence, Baltimore. And they have the 27th pick in the draft. This team could easily go for like an edge rush if anybody falls. Or one of the suggestions that most people are looking at here is they also lost Yannick Njoku in free agency. So Jalen Phillips could be a great fit from Miami. You could look at any of those uh, positions there. I could also see them taking, if there's a super talented player drop, like, they have their running backs, though, and I think that, that the Baltimore really needs to build up their defense again. I could see them, though, addressing some other positions, even O-line, if something fell to them. Well, Baltimore's uh, pickle right now, um, just looking at the roster, they only have one quarterback on the roster, and that's Lamar Jackson. So that's concerning to me. They don't have a backup or a third string. Um, so... I. Like he, the way Lamar Jackson plays, you would think that they'd be out like that'd be number one priority is like making sure somebody was didn't wasn't RJ three their backup for a while. Yeah, what, what yeah RJ three was, and I could see him going back there. Right, he's still a free agent. And- yeah, so could I. Like they, they need somebody. Um, I actually think they have some of the best uh, tight ends in the league. Um, both massive guys. Um, oh, Mark Andrews is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have, um, oh, Jesus Christ. Who's their back? I'm drawing a blank. Eric Tomlinson. Uh, dudes, I think, just a second, I'm going to pull up his stats. He's six six, fifth year in the NFL. Like, just a massive boy. So, and th- they need to use their tight ends more, was my debate, too. Is last year, Mark Andrews wasn't featured enough. No. They need to feature him. He's their best offensive <laughs> weapon. And, like, yeah, like, short slants. Like, I don't know why Baltimore feels the need that they always have to, like, air the ball out 70 yards. It's like, okay. You- well, they can't even get it down. Like, right? There's no in-between with them. Lamar's not precise. That's the issue with Lamar is, yeah, he's a great athlete. He's the best athlete on the field every time he takes that step. But. They're going to be – this division has got, other than Pittsburgh, some young, talented quarterback. Well, and 
that's just it going forward. You have Lamar, you have Burroughs, and you have Baker Mayfield. And I know everybody, you, it's kind of a love-hate relationship with Lamar. People either really love him or really hate him, which is unfortunate. I'm kind of in between on him. He, I like what he can do, but at the end of the day, I don't think he has the mindset to win you a championship. Just in, Sometimes you got to sit in the pocket and whip it. And he wants to run out of pockets all the time. I'm not crazy about that. And like the next team on the list is actually my favorite quarterback of all of them. And it's out on a limb because he was first overall pick last year is Joe Burrows. And if you followed what they've done, I think that this team is starting to shift for years. We've been used to Cleveland, Cincinnati in the basement of the AFC North with Baltimore and Pittsburgh fighting for it. Probably since the Ocho Cinco days, which was like in the 2000s. Yeah. And into him and Hushmanzada, they had Carson. They were good those years. You look at this team, they've already got Riley Reef. They signed him, which is huge. So last year, if you watched any Bengals games, Burroughs was getting hit all the time. He had no protection up there. They then keep Quentin Spain. So that's a guard, Riley Reef. You're kind of addressing one side of the line here. I'm going to get into my favorite pick in the draft as soon as this I go over this. They also then got Eli Apple, which is kind of an old first-round pick from the Giants. He kind of prove it. Can he make it here? I don't know. They then steal Mike Hilton from their division rival Pittsburgh. They're trying to reinvent themselves here. And the biggest signing that they made a splash on money-wise, maybe not their biggest signing total, was Trey Hendrickson from the Saints. He was opposite Cameron Jordan all year last year, and he looked good. It'll be interesting to see if he can do it on his own here, though because this team did lose Carlos Dunlop last year. So it'd be interesting to see what they can do. My favorite pick, though, before I let you talk about the Bengals, is if I'm Cincinnati sitting at five, Sewell is the best. If you didn't watch college football, he is the best tackle talent in years. This is the pick. It's easy. You keep you keep your Joe Burrows upright, and then we get to see what we're working with. You reinvent that old line and I would honestly take him. And in the second round, if an <clears throat> O-lineman fell again, I would take another one and double dip into this talent pool because you need to keep Burroughs up if you spend that pick. And that's just where I'm at with it. And I, I really like where the Bengals are going with Joe Burroughs. And of the four quarterbacks, he's my favorite because I think he can whip it. He can spin the ball down the field, and he's smart. It's just going to be now, can we keep him upright and make him – go forward and be our quarterback without being injured. Um, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like just going back to Baltimore, Baltimore actually has three empty spots on their roster as far as backups go. Um, so they have their left tackle and their um, right guard are actually going to be second year players. So they're rookies last year in Baltimore and then in those positions, they, they don't have backups. And then in their center and their right tackle spot, they have a rookie as the backup. Now, if you go to um, Cincinnati here on their offensive line, like, so their uh, left, uh, what is it? Yeah, their left tackle's a rookie. Left guard was, a, uh, he's a second year. And then everybody else, is um is a veteran here now the only players they don't have um is a backup for the right or yeah right tackle and left tackle there's no they don't have a backup for that at all and 
The Bengals actually seem really weak on uh, receivers. They only have two two uh, strings of receivers. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and then they got, yeah, Audie Jar- Tate. Yeah, Boyd and Tate and Erickson and Morgan. That's it. I think, though, the way you build this thing up, right, is you look at this team right now, and if you can always get receivers is the way I would look at it, and this team isn't going to win this year. This team's probably still fourth for one more year. Like, in this division, like, I'm not going out on a limb saying this team's going to win the division or anything yet, but the way I looked at the past was if you build the O and D line, you get Burrows up, and then they'll move forward. I think receivers is the easiest position. You can plug and play anybody. Yeah. And like you said, they could take a guy in the second round, really. I could see that happening. There's going to be a lot of talent in that second round of this draft. This draft's going to be a crazy one because there were players that opted out. There's a lot of stuff like that going on. I could see Cincinnati. Honestly, you look at like Elijah Moore from Mississippi. There's a lot of players that could fall. And as I'm just going down the list here, I'm looking at who else could fall to them at receivers. Louisville has one at well, like they have, there's a lot of guys that have second round talent to go on that second day of the draft that could go there. Um, I know a lot of people love LSU. You could see Marshall Jr. going there. Like they're going to get you. There's a lot of players that can go. I don't think they spend a first though on them. And I think that honestly, you could pick up some, there's a lot of receivers all the time in free agency and they just did let go of A.J. Green. They might want to just have some young guys on their team. I could see that the Bengals going forward, though, do need one more receiver. Just because I think that they don't have as much talent as the other teams in the division. But building the O&D line is a good start. Yeah. And the bridge in this team is like to the next Ohio team is Cleveland. Out of all four teams, they're the most talented on paper. This team has been built properly. Their question's always been Baker Mayfield, if he can keep it going. There's games where he looks great. And then their most talented position has got to be wide receiver. They have Rashard Higgins, they have Odell, they have Jarvis Landry, and then they have Donald Peoples-Jones. I would look at Cleveland moving, as I'm bridging into this, is I would actually look at them moving on from OBJ. And Donald Peoples-Jones was one of my favorite talents last year, didn't go from Michigan, went in the fifth round, great talent. He almost replaced, like, not to the same level, but you got to remember money and all that. Odell, I would rather have Donald Peoples-Jones at this point for the money. I would look at if receiver-wise, just while I'm on that topic, Nico Collins from Michigan, he's bigger. He just ran insane speeds at the combine. If another team needs a receiver, like you just said about Cincinnati, Nico Collins could fit that mold for them. But Cleveland's most talented position is probably receiver. Don't be shocked if you hear about them moving on from Odell. They then take Tack Harris McKinley from Atlanta, an old first-round pick. They signed him for a $4 million deal. I love this deal. Rebolster that defense up. Now you have something on the other side from Miles Garrett. They also had John Johnson, who they got, which was probably the top safety pros- like right now after the Rams. Lions, a few teams are in for him, but he went there to Cleveland. And I, I really like their roster and what they did. And I see the other teams, as long as Baker can hold this team together, they're really loaded. Is I see Cleveland as my favorite pick this year, with Pittsburgh probably being in Baltimore two and three fighting for that. See, I, I love the AFC North. It's like, I feel like it's the blue-collar division of the NFL. Um, you have like... Pretty much all the blue collar cities that uh, like 
represent that division. And I'm honestly going to go um, Cleveland number one in the division. I'll put uh, Baltimore number two. Then I'll put Steelers in three and Cincinnati in fourth. Just because I don't think Cincinnati has the firepower. But touching on Baltimore here, their defense is actually electrifying as fuck. Miles Garrett. Um, this dude, Oh, Cleveland, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. This guy is just a beast. Like, you know, you can't... And then they got Claiborne in the middle. Like, you can't really screw oh, yeah. with them. Like, th- their safeties are young. Um, even their... Well, their free safety's not. He's been in the league 10 years. Um, but their offense... Their offense, like like you said, receivers loaded with them. And they have... Like, I actually think... He's top five. Like, some people are going to think I'm fucking retarded for saying this, but I love Chubb. Chubb is, man, he's low to the ground. He keeps his shoulders straight, and his feet don't stop. This dude is like a fucking freight train coming every time he touches the ball. Just love watching him. The only issue I see um, with uh, Cleveland is potentially going on to a long playoff run this year. If they do not pick up offensive line uh, pieces, they are fucked for the playoffs. Uh, they have a rookie starting at uh, left tackle. Um, left guard, they don't have a backup. And right guard, they don't have a backup along with left tackle. They don't, so they don't have a backup for a rookie either. That's kind of concerning to me. As of sitting right now, they, they need three backups for offensive line. And that's pretty uh, that's pretty big to me. Seeing is Cleveland likes to run the ball in your face with Chubb. Uh, they need somebody to be able to protect Mayfield. Like Mayfield last year, uh, he was 62% completions, and he had 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Well, eight picks is getting to be on the little high end, but that's not bad for 26 touchdowns. But he didn't get hit last year. Like He was pretty safe last year as uh, compared to like previous seasons. So with, with that, it's like, okay, why, why did you guys lessen your, your O line from last year? It doesn't make sense. Like why would you... I think they might pick up some though, right? It's early in the off season. True, but like if they don't address this in the next coming months, then I would look at that more, but they could easily at this point, what you want is you want to draft guys that can play guard and tackle or ideally guard and center so that they can interplay and use a bunch of different rotations. Because in the NFL, very seldomly does your – like I've never heard of a team using the same five all the time, so I get where you're coming from. But yeah, I do think that later in the off season, like as we go through it, you'll see that kind of get filled. But Going into the last team, though, honestly, on this list, I think that – that team has got a bunch of holes as well, which is the Steelers. But it, Cleveland, what did you want to do? You want to touch a bit more on them? Uh, yeah. What was I just gonna say here? Like, so with Cleveland, do you see what do you see them drafting? Because I like if you have a top pick. Personally, if I'm a GM, I'm not dra- drafting an old lineman uh, first or second round. Like that's kind of a well. They got a late pick, so they got picks twenty six. So. Predicting the later part of a draft like this is really hard, in my opinion, because who falls and there could easily be somebody fall here. Look at the Chiefs, Cleveland, Buffalo, any Baltimore, like any yeah. teams that are later in here. I would suggest a linebacker. There's a lot of those in this draft. 
I could see them taking one of those if it falls to them because you can always bolster that up. I just I think that Cleveland is basically could take almost best player available in a few positions. Other than I don't think they're going to take a skilled position like receiver, running back, or tight end because they're pretty good. O-linemen, don't look at that. I don't think they will be taking that. But I would say that Cleveland probably for the first time in, I don't know, since I started watching football, since this team, it, they can take whatever they want almost. Who falls there? And you're in a good position there for Cleveland Browns fans, and they deserve it. So I could see them taking anything that kind of fell into that spot. I, the next team, though, when you ask me a question about who should take, like Pittsburgh is going to be the one that it's going to be nice to touch on, though. But what were you going to say? Yeah, I actually, I, just the last thing on uh, Cleveland here, I actually think you hit the nail on the head. If Cle- uh, Just looking at their team real quick here, after you mentioned that, if they pick up, I'd actually like to see them pick up a defensive piece in the draft because last year I feel like they made the significant run they made. I'm not trying to discredit Baker and what he did on offense with Chubb and Landry and stuff, but – their defense is really like the staple of their team. You know what I mean? So if they pick up uh, some some key piece on defense, like some young up-and-comer, get another stud on defense and really bring – like I feel like Cleveland's almost making their team like uh, the old-school uh, uh, Ravens. You know what I mean? Like with Ray Lewis, like they got Miles Garrett in there. He's like their helm. He's not as vocal as uh, Lewis was. But they kind of have the same demographic and in-your-face smash mouth style. So I actually I really like Cleveland this year. But let's yeah, oh for let, sure. Let's continue. I think a lot of people are going to be taking them first for sure in, in the division. In the division. Oh yeah, I think they could make a run though. Actually, that team. But I think the next team is the bit for me. It's always been the flagship franchise in that North, and that's Pittsburgh. Right, Pittsburgh. They've lost a lot, though, and, like, that's just it. Like, you look at Bud Dupree gone, and that people didn't realize that how important Bud Dupree was. They were, what were they, 11-0? and 0. Bud Dupree gets hurt. They lose their games. Devin Bush last year without him. Devin Bush will be back, though, so that'll be interesting to see. They, re- like, they, you just look at this team and, like, I, I don't know with Pittsburgh. They, Juju resigns, which is good for them, and he gives them a deal, and they just – if I'm looking at this team easily, and this is another one of my favorite draft prospects, is Najee Harris to Pittsburgh is going to be easily, if he falls to that 24th pick, Pittsburgh fans will finally get that running back they needed. Top running back of this draft. He didn't even perform at his pro day if you didn't watch. But what he did was he his plane gets canceled. He drives nine hours to watch his teammates. I love that from Bama. He was the best running back last year, hands down. He's big. He can move a pile. And if Pittsburgh gets one of those type players, everybody who's moved them out and given this division to Cleveland and Baltimore, that's where this team leapfrogs Baltimore easily. They get Najee Harris. You plug that in. Their receiving core is loaded with Deontay Johnson. They have James White. They have Juju. They have Claypool. And they resigned, or they got Ray Ray McLeod. They have Eric Ebron, who's a good offensive. He's not really a good blocker. But their biggest question here is when they get a running back like that, they need to draft Najee Harris. Is the center position with Pouncey gone? You have that pro bowler gone. 
that's my biggest question going into the season is really if they could get a good center, this team could be very good. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, so they have, uh, I think, what's his name here? Just a sec. I'm pulling it up. I'm going to butcher this. JC has a new sir. Uh, he is their uh, backup. He's, he's only, this will be his second year. Uh, and the center position, like, okay, is it a second year with uh, Pittsburgh? Because you want somebody that's going to be bondable with Big Ben. And they also have a rookie at left guard. So that means your center, unless you pick up somebody like a veteran and your left guard are both rookies. Now, Big Ben, he's getting older in his career. You don't want this guy taking many shots. He's 40 years old, folks. Like, big guy at 6'5". So, that's a big body. Every time he gets hit, having to get himself up, like, you don't want this guy taking any shots at this stage of his career. And then they kind of have a similar Mason Rudolph. Like, what do you think of this guy? He's their backup. Uh, he's 6'5", same with uh, Big Ben. This is his third year coming like into the league. But every time I've seen Big Ben go down, I just don't see – like, this guy, he has nice flashes, but there's not greatness written all over this kid's name. Like, he he's not poised. He's not sound. Like, at this stage in his career, I feel like if you're a backup in the NFL and somebody calls your number and somebody goes down, you should be going in that game putting your team in a position to win the football game. We shouldn't be like, oh, shit, everyone's burying their head in between their legs. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you're playing in the the greatest, highest level of football in the world. Backups should still be able to come in the game and win. You know what I mean? There shouldn't just be 32 guys in the league that can sit there and control teams at the helm, a.k.a. quarterbacks. Um, I think the backups should be uh, should be put on a level that um, when they're coming in the game, they're expected to win as well. And that's where I sit with that. Um, I, I think they have, like you said, their receivers, um, young, lots of young talent. And that's the exciting part about this. But it's, it, that all comes back into fruition with uh, the O-line. If you don't have O-line that are able to protect you, your receivers aren't going to be much good. And it's all part of can we keep Big Ben safe or not. Um, their defense, their defense is uh, like, they got a lot of veteran players like Hayward, um, 2D, uh, like I, I like them on defense. Um, their secondary, their secondary is a veteran core. So like I see Pittsburgh, the only sputter on Pittsburgh I would see would be their offense. And then some of the main pieces that they lost on their linebacking core, um, like as far as uh, veteran leadership. I think I yeah. think if they get uh, like a, a linebacker veteran and they get some O line pieces there, I and like you said, they need a running back because that is literally like the flagship of this team. Run the ball and then open up that play action. But actually, in saying that, Big Ben last year was able to get that fucking ball out of his hand insanely fast. Like at the beginning of the season when they were on that eleven uh, game winning streak. I think the ball was averaging in his hands like three seconds. So, folks at home, that's three Mississippi. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Ball's gone. Like, if you're a defensive player, that's frustrating as fuck. 
He also didn't move it though. Like for him, I like when you're talking about Mason, I just wanted to touch on that and then we'll get into our first break there. Um they're not gonna go with Mason going forward. I know that for a fact. There's a few <laughs> draft there's a few draft prospects that I see in this draft that could easily plug and play. Uh, Sam Ellinger, I love from Texas, but he doesn't move the ball as well. He's more of a running guy. Pittsburgh doesn't need a player like that. As much as I love him, this would be more of a backup role forever where Pittsburgh really needs a guy. And I know that everybody loved the name a few years ago, but, um, when I looked at it was when they, you always think Florida, Tim Tebow, but Kyle Trask is going to fall in this draft. He's going to be, he's six foot five. So this guy's huge and he can move the ball. If you watched his bowl game, his top two players opted out, which I hate. They didn't want to play in that game because they're getting ready for the draft. Kyle Trask is my Pittsburgh Steeler pick easily because Big Ben's leash is this season and he is done. I see Kyle Trask as the fill, the plug-in, and Mason Rudolph is gone. This kid's not ready to start right now. He needs to sit for a year, I think. He learns behind Big Ben, and then he can move the ball. They Kyle Trask could easily be a fill-in right for there he was a Heisman front runner Kyle Trask at the beginning of the season the Gators then lost a bit if you watch SAC football this is a great great team Florida but then at the end like I said the top player Kyle Pitts doesn't even play for you he might go like four in this draft Kyle Trask is my fill for Pittsburgh and that's where I'm touching on is you put him in Big Ben has the year I've seen what Mason Rudolph can do Mason Rudolph is not the answer I think the biggest problem for him is very seldomly can guys come out of that big 12 and survive in the NFL. I think that's where sooner boomer has got an issue is Baker Mayfield struggled with it. The defense is stuck in the big 12 and the big 10 sec and ACC have much better defenses. And that's where some of these prospects, when you're drafting offensive players from the uh, big 12, you have to consider that is, and Kyle Trask has went against the best in the sec. So he's my, spotlight for Pittsburgh to draft. Like I would really like to see him go there, sit for a year and then yeah, see what he's got. Even Pittsburgh, it wouldn't shock me if they drafted one this year and next year, have a bit of a competition because they haven't had that in years. It's always good to have another QB in there to move it. And that's going to bridge into our first uh, break, which is our uh, sponsor, which is Fitco conditioning. If you are looking to take your fitness to the next level from home, we can do that online training. And what we do is we build a program for you and it goes to exactly the equipment you have at home. It's easy to use. Every exercise has a video to walk you through. And literally all you do is go on your phone, follow the exercises and then just log it and it sends it right to the trainer. So if you're looking to change your life and take a step in the fitness direction, fit code conditioning is a great way to do that. So thank you very much. And we are going to move into the next stuff. I just have a question for you. Uh, so before uh, before the break there, uh, you said that uh, Task, uh, two of his receivers opted out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now, wh- how do you feel about this? This is hypothetically speaking. It really fucking grinds my gears when players do this. Um, when they opt out. To me, it's like you're saying you're better than your team. You're letting your team down. Uh, in the big show, like the big dances, you know what I mean? Just so you don't get injured so you can get drafted. To me, it's kind of a selfish thing. If I think what the NCAA should do is if players do this, they should get penalized and they shouldn't be eligible for the draft till the, the third round. 
Yeah. Like, like there's, so there's got to be something, you know what I mean? Forward, is this started years ago, and what it did was it ruined games. I remember a few years ago, Florida versus Michigan, the Devin Bush. Yes, game. yes. So Devin Bush, Rashawn Gary all sit out, and then you have – and I believe it actually drove this guy's draft stock way up, is Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush were first-rounders, and then, oh, New England took that – Michigan outside linebacker. I am blanking right now. Like, give me one second. Uh, I got to look. Uh, he went in the third round. Uh, uh, New England did? Chase Winovich. Chase Winovich. High motor. Chase Winovich stayed at Michigan throughout his entire thing. Finally got a starting role. They got their asses kicked by Florida in that game. But he jumped up to the third round. I believe talent-wise, it's kind of wild. But Rashawn Gary was like one of the best. High school prospects went to Michigan, then he opts out. Devin Bush is still the best player, but I think that Chase Winovich kind of jumped Rashawn Gary, to be honest with you. New England loves him on the outside there, and it helped him out where it killed him. But I do agree where you let your team down and you don't play in a bowl game is kind of stupid, really, considering you went to this school and you got an education. I understand that, yeah, they don't get paid and such, but you're letting your teammates down more than anything. Uh, to me, it's just a disrespect thing. It's like, so you're saying you're better than me? Like, so folks folks at home, like, could you imagine this? Like, if it was your last, you're going into your last game and you're never going to play sports again. You know that you're, ne- you're not going to get drafted and stuff. This guy's going to get drafted, but you're going on to something else. And that's the last game you're ever going to play. This guy just shits on it and says, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to stand beside you. I'm going to go get paid. I don't want to get hurt. Like, really? Like, come on, man. Like, you guys oh. you guys have bled together and sweat together for how many years and months? Like, if that's your only year that you played and you're going to do that? Like, to me, that's that's not sportsmanship. That's not that's not being a team player. That's That's some selfish shit and keep that shit at home. Yeah, no, I agree on that completely because, well, and that's honestly, you just bridged into probably one of the best things because the AFC South, Houston. Now, this is the big debate going on right now is Deshaun Watson, right? Like Deshaun Watson, is he being selfish doing this and wanting out and all of this with his teammates, right? Well, and Houston's big thing, I think, was, and I, I, I see both sides of it, but my biggest problem with this was, he was unhappy that he wasn't included in the GM pickup and all of these things. He did sign that deal after D hop had left. Uh, I think that this team's going to be without Deshaun Watson anyways, with all those allegations. Since we last talked, I believe there's 16 uh, assault charges or whatever right now. I, I don't see him under. That's why they went and got Tyrod Taylor. I think that he might be starting for Houston and, I look at what they've picked up in free agency. Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay. They have Tyrod Taylor. They then go get Chris Conley, Andre Roberts. Like This team is not going to be a top-end team right now by any means, but they're moving on from Deshaun, in my opinion, just because on, on the defensive side, they've addressed a lot of things. they got a lot of talent here that could turn out Desmond King, Vernon Hargraves. Christian Kirksey's my favorite pickup for them, though. So my question is – what. Was he for like charge charge or is it just allegations right now? Well, from what I've heard, there's like actual girls have messages and all this stuff. Like it's going to be, I would say his market Deshaun is way down. Maybe he gets through this, but I just refer to the most recent one that I can remember. That was a superstar Antonio Brown. Yeah. And as great as he is, it's going to be, 
I think that if you're Houston, you got to have a contingency plan. Bringing in Tyrod Taylor, everybody loves him in the locker room from wherever he's played. He's going to be the starter here. I think that's pretty easy to note. They've kind of brought in some talent. They'll compete. They won't be great. I do like what they've done on the defense signing lots because this team, you have to remember, they're, they traded away their first, so they don't even have a first-round pick. And their first pick will be like round two. I'm just going to check right now where it actually is. I don't even know. I don't actually know if they even have a second round pick. Let's see. Well, the, the thing that is concerning about them is they, they lost their heart in defense with Watt. Like, so who's going to be the catalyst on defense, though? I think it's a rebuild, this team. This team's going to be a complete rebuild. And yeah, they don't, from what I see, they don't even have a second round. So they don't even have a day, like, first high end day two pick. Uh, yeah, Houston, I, I just don't see where they're going to go with this. They're going to build young, and I think Deshaun probably isn't in that process anymore after all this, maybe. But I, I think they're going to move on because I think this team's going to be a few years away, especially in this division. I, It's a loaded division on the top to the Colts and the Titans, and the Jags are going to be moving forward, too. I see Houston is kind of sitting in the basement for a little bit, rebuild and – see what's going to go on. Maybe Deshaun stays there. That's just a touchy subject. That's going to be a few years down the road. I think like we're going to be talking about this for a while because it's not going to go away in a day. Well, the thing is, is last year, they're second receiving in the league, uh, only second behind um, Kansas city. And that's an interesting stat when they didn't do much. You know what I mean? Like they weren't winning. Like, but those stats, that's why I hate stats is it's like fantasy football is, some people, you know why that stat is that? I'll tell you it right now. They're losing games, so you throw the ball. You look at a team where they're winning games, they're going to run the ball, right? Yeah. So you look at, oh, Deshaun's whipping it, Deshaun's whipping it. And I know everybody said, oh, he didn't have as much talent. I watched him versus the Chiefs in the first game, and it was pretty evident to me whether there was talented players around him or not. Mahomes is on another level, and Deshaun's getting paid way too much, in my personal opinion, for what he can – bring i know he's amazing and all this but i don't know patrick mahomes money shouldn't be going to everybody it should just be going to patrick mahomes he's the best and i i don't know deshaun i love him coming out of college and stuff but he's i i unpopular opinion but he's actually underachieved yeah yards are great and everything but they haven't been able to win any big games and they did have talent originally like they did have d hop and they had will fuller and they had jj and they had clowny and they couldn't win games this team's a struggled and it's weird because the next team is the team that's kind of been the driving force of the afc south for a while is the colts right like the colts when they had and that's kind of my bridge is they had manning and everybody thought when manning was gone then they get lucky and they get andrew luck and andrew luck but that first overall pick was amazing. And that was the Manning year where they got hurt and they were last. So they get Andrew Luck and they rode him great. And then he retires and they've kind of went into, I would say this team's probably the best drafted team, like out of pure talent, because again, they have tons of money in the free agency and they've just kept it at home, right? They keep their guys. Like this is for people that are outside looking in. This team has a lot of talent across the O line, probably one of the best, like probably the best guard is Quentin Nelson in the entire NFL. And he's young. He's probably number one in my opinion. And like, I really like what this team's done. Their defense too. They drafted a ton. You got a Darius Leonard, how you touched on Ray Lewis earlier. He's, he's one of the best 
probably linebackers in the NFL right now. He wears the dot on his helmet. He's the play caller. I love that for the Colts. They've been smart. They haven't screwed up on much like recently. And I think that they, they'll push the Titans again because they split the series last year. I could see the, them. I could see the Colts and the Titans fighting it out. And those are kind of the two teams I would focus on because Houston isn't going to be Jacksonville's a few years away. If Jacksonville gets good, you have a three headed race there kind of. And see the thing with the Colts, they've always been a team to me, even when they had Peyton and stuff, they've always played it safe. Like they've always been a team that they've had generally speaking, really good old lines. Um, and like you just said, their uh, their own lines that they, that they have this year is filthy. It's probably it's probably the best I've seen in a long time. Like so, uh, just touching here, just a sec. I'm just going back here. Well, they lost Anthony Costanzo. That's their big thing. So they're probably gonna like look at this team to maybe draft a tackle in this draft if somebody falls. It's hard uh, to know. Well, their tackles fall. right now they have Green and they have Smith. Uh, yeah, but they need one. Like Anthony, yeah, with him leaving, that's a Pro Bowl talent off the O line. They're going to need to fill that, I think. And but like their O line is actually big. Their smallest player is six four, and that's their center. But their oldest O lineman is twenty eight years old, um, currently sitting right now. So like that's and like Nelson, he's only twenty five. So their O line, their core, they've always like they've never really had loud receivers. Um, well, like back in the day, like Harrison and stuff like that. But like, yeah, like they got Hilton, um, which I, I'm actually happy that Hilton came back. The like this kid is good. He's uh, super um, respectable. Uh, he's he's almost like too modest. You know what I mean? He's like one of those guys that like he's he's got wheels, but like he doesn't think of himself as a superstar. And it's like, buddy, there's no you could you are that superstar on the on the receiving core. Well, he was Andrew Luck's guy, right? So now he's, his numbers have come down a bit, but yeah, no, he is a superstar. And they, they kept Marlon Mack too, which was nice. And the big, I guess, move for them was they got Carson Wentz. And I, I touched on that in the Eagles when I think they completely ripped off the Eagles, to be honest with you, you give up <laughs> Carson Wentz a few years ago as a first round pick and Philadelphia's offense last year was non-existent. And, the, you have the, all they did was give up a third round pick and a conditional second rounder, not even next year, but the following year. This is like a great gamble for the Colts because Carson Wentz can plug in there, I think, and maybe get this team going the distance, which not like the Super Bowl, but win this division type thing. Because I, I, I could see him doing that really. A few years ago, he was a front runner his rookie year to be um, MVP of the league, and I, I, I like that. Carson Wentz. I think that it's a decent fit. They haven't paid too much. This was a team that could have went after Sam Darnold too, and we touched on it, but they liked Carson, so they go after Carson Wentz, and the rest is history. They have Michael Pittman Jr. to whip it too, and I think their piece on their offense is, yeah, Quentin Nelson, and then if I was picking another piece, it would be Jonathan Taylor. He He's amazing, and he filled this great on the offense. On the defense, they had a great trade last year for DeForest Buckner. That gets you your D tackle. He was great. Their back end has always been decent. They never really got back to the Bob Sanders days with the safety, but they have Darius Leonard like we touched on. And, yeah, I know the Colts, I, I like a lot of what they're doing. And look at them in the draft to get a tackle, I would say. Yeah, the Colts, like, they're they're always like one of those teams that 
They're going to compete. They like to play it safe. Um, touching on your went on Wednesday, like Wentz, he brings um, he brings leadership to, and I feel like he's not gonna he's not gonna be rushed like a young uh, quarterback. So he's gonna be poised. Uh, if you look in Philly and where he's been like in the past, he has never been really protected. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Carson in the NFL that has an actual O line that can uh, protect this guy because. From what I remember is Carson Wentz spends most of his game picking his ass up off the ground. So, you know. Yeah, no, that's just it. So, like, now you put him in a situation where he's able to stand there, get comfortable. Okay, what can Carson really do? It'll be interesting to see, like, can can Carson swing the ball like these young guys? Um, How is he able to move the offense? It'll be really interesting to see because I feel like – uh, Philip Rivers and um, Wentz have a lot of similar similar traits, like in as far as body structure, um, speed, uh, the way they they throw the ball and stuff like that. So you're getting like a younger version, in my opinion, of um, of Philip Rivers. Yeah. Oh, and that's just it, right? Like they're gonna press restart and go move forward. Now, the next team, the Jags, I think has done the most probably in any team in free agency. They have done so much that it's like almost how, where do you start? Like my favorite where I like to start is Shaq Griffin. Like if you're a Seahawks fan, this is a huge hit. You're dealing with the Russell situation and you lose your top corner. Jags <laughs> take him on you. They, Shaq Griffin's awesome. From the area, he played for, um, what is that? You, you, uh, Central Florida. They also then get they go and spend some money on the D line. They traded a seventh round pick, got Malcolm Brown. They you look across, there's a lot of signings. I'm just gonna touch on the big ones. They've rebuilt their D line. So going forward, this team used to be like this sacks and all of that. That's where they're going with it. And then you can see where their pick's going. They go get Marvin Jones. They got Jamal Agnew, which is kind of a weird deal for me when you're paying that much for a kick returner. Maybe Jamal Agnew's got a bigger role going forward with this team than they he had in Detroit because you're paying him $7 million a year. He's getting the same as Marvin Jones. And Marvin Jones arguably is the better signing than uh, Kenny Galladay. Like Kenny Galladay gets paid 18 and Marvin Jones gets paid seven. I still think he's even overpaid, but he's a better deal than Kenny Galladay. And you look at the Jags offense, like they hit last year on that James Robinson. They didn't even draft him undrafted. You have Shark, Marvin Jones, and then Schnault Jr., you look at their back and Philip Dorsett's not even going to be a starter. And then you look at their D D line. Now you have Chase on at one end, Josh Allen. I like that. You got the bookends, Miles Jack, Joe Sherbert. Like this team is really going to be, I would say that if you're going to pick a real dark horse, you're going to put a little bit of money down. The Jags pushing and maybe winning this division would be a real push, but you don't know with Trevor Lawrence, he's amazing. And he's got the best talent coming into this thing. I could see them, really pushing the envelope with him and not a popular opinion, but if the Titans and Colts struggled and the Jags had the best situation that could come, they could push this division in the draft. They'll have that first pick Trevor Lawrence. It'll be almost more interesting to see what they do on day two of the draft because they can fill up so many spots. Look at them to take a tight end, maybe at the very beginning of the round, maybe look at them to take, just some fill-in spots, right? Like if you can get a corner, they could use that. They could. There's a lot of holes still on this team, but they have made some good moves. Well, right now they have three tight ends on the roster. 
Um, but none of them jump out on no, the page. No, exactly. Me. So get rid of one. Um, they're like one of those teams that like they have so much calorie or salary space, and uh, they have so much cap room that they could make like so many splashes. Um, I would be. I, I wish they would pick up some more running backs because the running backs that they have, like Robertson, he's okay. But the other two, they don't jump out to me. Um, receivers, they got some young receivers. Actually, they got some fast-ass receivers like uh, Clark. This kid's got wheels. Conley can move. Um, I'm actually okay with their offense right now. Um, their O-line is solid. Defensive side, I, I think they're pretty stacked uh, with young talent. Um, they don't have any real leaders on the defense, though. I, I, that's my only uh, big concern. Uh, their special teams, though, like you touched on, their special teams, I think, is going to be – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna put to put it on right now, top five in the NFL this year. Like they are, uh, they are going to make some moves on their uh, special teams. But – as far as the standings of the of that division, I'm still going to put the Jags second and last, so I'll put them third in that division. I'm going to go uh, Tennessee is going to be one. Colts are going to be number two. Colts are going to have some kinks to work out. Like, they got a new quarterback coming, so I don't see their offense, like, uh, going to be as electrifying as last year. But uh, well, that all depends on how Wentz fits into that offense. Um, Houston's an absolute fucking bombshell. Um, I do not see, I think their, their front office, uh, front office screwed up, uh, a lot of what was going on down in Houston. I, I don't think he can blame that all on the players. Their general managers made, uh, horrible decisions. They got rid of some key players. They shouldn't have got rid of, they got rid of players for nothing when they should have capitalized on their names. Um, it was just a, a pretty big mess. And now you got that whole Deshaun Watson situation down there. It's just a shit show. Um, so that, with that being said, um, I I would have to give Jacksonville the notch on them and put them in third. So unless, unless Indianapolis tanks, I I don't see them competing just because bridging us into the last, uh, team in the division, Tennessee, Tennessee is one of those teams that their running game automatically just gives them. Um, the the edge in my opinion, like in in that division, you like with Henry, like there's nobody in the division that even has a running back close to the caliber of him. I think Jonathan Taylor's going to be there, but not yet. And like Tannehill, like he's a quarterback that he's not he's not a superstar by no means, but he's just a blue collar guy that. I feel like he's able to squeak those uh, those close games through. Like, just push the envelope a little bit. Um, he's not going to be, like, highlight real guy. He's just uh, put your head down, get the job done kind of quarterback. And uh, he's not all up in the tabloids and everything. He's just hard work. He's kind of reminds me almost like a, um, a Ryan, like uh, Matt Ryan from uh, Atlanta. You know what I mean? I like a younger version of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. same, same style that they play similar you know uh their defense um 
I in the draft, I'd be looking to pick up uh, some middle linebackers. Um, if I was Tennessee here, and uh, some D linemen, that uh, those are the weak spots I see on their team as of right now. Uh, their corners are actually really good. They had really good corners last year, and it seems that they kept. Well, they got Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, so like, and they they made improvements to their defense. Um, but the only improvements I haven't really seen them make would be in their middle linebacker core and uh, just add some uh, defensive strength to their core three because they're using a three-man uh, front this year, I believe. Yeah, and they have Bud Dupree, though. That was the big Oh, yeah, 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 true. true. So they have Jayon Brown, Bud Dupree, and then they got Rashawn Evans. I think that their back end is decent, like Kevin – um, Bard or whatever. Uh, I really like the Janoris Jenkins signing for this team. I could see what you said, though. They could use a little bit more on the D. I'd say their D line is their big. They're big. They could fill in and maybe get a talent, but really in this division, I think they need to, after that bowl, like that playoff losses, they need to, they have AJ Brown, but it'd be nice to see them. They got Josh Reynolds from the Rams, which is a decent pick. I could see them taking a receiver and I could agree with you on that. They could take a bit more. I don't know about linebackers as much as D line. I think they could go more D line, see what they got there. Bud Dupree's going to bring a force on the other side of the, so you got a nice push there on one side. And I, I see this, how you rated your teams. I have the Titans, number one, Colts, number two, Jags, three, and, Houston four Jacksonville will be interesting in the next few years. It would have to be everything for them to go right for this team to make the playoffs or the Jags. I mean, where the Titans have more talent. The only question is when you lose a game like they did, Derrick Henry's amazing, but the there's no pass game with Derrick Henry really is compared to like an Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey is this team needs an offensive weapon or two because Derrick Henry, it's awesome when he can run and kill people, but it's really, they got that stopped when they played Baltimore and it was pretty actually easy. Almost. It looked like for Baltimore, just to shut down the run, make Tannehill beat him with this arm. The program was pretty easy to follow and they followed it to a T. This team needs more weapons. Cause if you just have AJ Brown and Josh Reynolds, double AJ Brown, take your luck with Josh Reynolds. And there's not much talent in the back end of this receiving core, that Corey Davis loss is trying to be replaced by Josh Reynolds. And I, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, yeah. And to, to be fair, um, my fucking NFL network didn't uh, have that uh, Dupree signing on here. So I don't know what the fuck. Uh, That's all. But uh, yeah. So they're with what you said there with their receivers. Yes. Um, they do need help on the offense side. Um, I, I don't see Tannehill being able to do this all on his own there. He needs help uh, on the offensive side. I'm just trying to look at the uh, – well, passing – okay, yeah, passing. They were 23rd last year. So Yeah, they need to push the ball. Like, he definitely needs some help. They were second, though, only behind Baltimore um, in rushing. So, But that's the thing with Henry. He's the type – like, yeah, he's okay with screen passes – because he's one of those uh, running backs that if his shoulders are square to you, he's going to beat the defender 95% of the time. It's when his shoulders are not square and he's trying to get to the outside, when they wrap him, that's when he's fucked. But north and south, has I'm going to go out and say it. He's the best north and south running back in the NFL. 
that's that's my opinion. Kamara is not a north and south running back, folks. Uh, he's more of uh, like he likes angles, right? So he'll juke and jive, and he'll hit the hole with guys like Henry. It's he's got like a five yard dash before he touches the ball, and when he fucking hits that hole. He's going, and it's first contact. Once he breaks first contact and hits the uh, linebackers in the secondary, he that's when he makes his second move, and that's what makes him so dangerous. He's so electric through the defensive line that he doesn't give the defensive line a chance to react and grab him, and then he's a big running back, folks. So most teams in the NFL, they're, why they have problems with them is because their linebackers aren't big enough and can't get low enough because of the speed he's coming to get him at that secondary level before he gets into your like your your post secondary. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that is why this guy is so electric to watch, and uh, I love it. And I think it actually with having an I think that's why Tannehill is fitting so well in Tennessee right now is because you have a situation where you have a uh, running back that you can rely on and trust. And I think that's just the difference between, um, like, a north and south running back and a vertical running back. Like, anybody uh, – or not a vertical running back, like uh, one that dances around. I think Kamara dances around and he can find different holes. And um, Henry's, like, just straight north and south guy. And I actually yep. like north and south, pound it down your mouth, because I think north and south uh, running backs are actually more durable. In the long run, the guys that dance around and stuff, they're more agile, yes. But I feel like when they get hit harder, like if you look at the frame of Henry in comparison to um, Kamara, Kamara's a lot uh, shorter of a man, and his uh, shoulder frame isn't as wide. If you look at Henry, Henry's taller. His shoulders are – he almost looks like a middle fucking linebacker running at you. I think he's – I think, though, that – and then we'll bridge really quickly just yep. to keep the pace up. I think Kamara doesn't take the hits. That's kind of what I, I've seen with him is the AK-41 is my hot take is he's harder to shut down. When they're those north and south guys, you can program to beat them. The Saints didn't program to beat Tampa Bay with AK-41. AK-41, I think the only negative to him is now he has Taysom Hill. And when you watch... You almost have to pray that the Saints, and I know this is an AFC, so I don't even want to get into this too much. I'm just going to touch on this. Yep. Is with Drew, Drew Brees, everybody hated on Drew Brees last year. The biggest thing Drew Brees understood that most guys don't understand is this. He knew that the guy, the ball has to go to AK-41. He knew that that's the best player on their entire team, and he can run it with them. He can throw it to him. He can throw it downfield to this kid. The screen game isn't all AK-41 can do. And that's where Henry fails. Yeah. Compare. I can put AK-41 out at wide receiver. And I Drew Brees can throw the drop shoulder back right to him and goodbye. Now the question is going to be if Winston, I'm praying Winston gets the start. I know he throws picks, but for AK-41, he needs a guy who can do it. Taysom Hill, when he came in, just wanted to run it himself. And AK-41 is better than Michael Thomas. People love all the stats and how Michael Thomas did all this. He is great. But that team is completely off AK-41, and he's hard to shut down. But moving into the AFC West, Denver's the top team on this list just because of alphabetical, not like they're going to finish number one. I was about to say, uh, I was yeah. like, holy shit, that's bold. 
<laughs> yeah. Denver's biggest thing is they rebuilt their secondary, right? Like they got Ronald Darby, they got Kyle Fuller from the Bears, Cream Jackson re- re-signed at, or signed, and you have Justin Simmons, big signing, biggest signing for any safety, paid the most. Their question is they built the defense to take on Mahomes. Now, do you have a quarterback? This team's easy to touch on, I find. They're going to probably take an old lineman in the draft. I think that they could take a tackle. That would be where I was looking. But in th- this team's a few years away because, yeah, their defense is decent. Vaughn Miller's old, though. And I look at their team and, like, they just don't have the offense to take on the Chiefs. Like, they drafted receivers last year, which was good, but you still don't need a – you still don't have a QB – my touch is just they built up their secondary cool. Now we'll see what they do in the draft. My guess is O lineman. What do you think of them? That's a quick team for me to touch. On. Yeah, they have a mediocre O line. Um, running backs, they don't really have anybody that stands out on paper. Quarterbacks, what what happened with Locke? Drew Locke, yeah, he's still their number one, but I I don't know. I I don't like what is he? What I well, who is um. NFL Network right now has Case Keenum is their number one. Yeah, I think it's because it started. That's probably the end of the year. Oh, okay. Was oh okay. okay. Yeah, but that's who, yeah, that's who And I was out. like, are you, like, yeah, so they, like, and even with Locke, like, okay, let's just look at Drew Locke's numbers last year. 16 uh, touchdowns for 15 interceptions. This guy pretty much falls into the category um, Jason Winston. Um, so, you know, this guy, <laughs> for every touchdown he throws, he's throwing a pick. So you, you need somebody that's going to take some stress off your defense because this guy is basically giving the the offense of the other team the ball or the defense of the other team, so putting the offense back on the field. So you need, you need somebody that's able to control the tempo of the game. Like, I think Locke would be a great backup. I just don't see him uh, – starting role they don't have enough offense uh of weapons for them their defense there's nothing really that stands out like you said yeah they got Vaughn Miller but the only thing I think that that does is um that grows your younger players so when like touching on this again because I feel like I've touched on this a few times in the last week um when you bring in an older caliber player into your locker room folks um I, I truly believe you're not just paying for the talent that that player possesses because a veteran, yeah, their, their talent's going to be on the decline coming into your locker room because they are getting older and stuff. That's just how your body works. You get older, you're not as fast. You can't do what you used to be able to do, but the mind is still all there. So they still know the game inside and out. Um, they've been around the league. They, they can come into your locker room and they can see young kids with talent and they're almost like another coach. But you look at it from a coaching perspective, they're a player that plays alongside with these young players. So when these players tell these, uh, when these veteran players tell these young players, hey, this is what you got to work on. This is what's going to help improve your game. These are legends that are telling these kids this. This is not a, just another coach. This is somebody that they've grew up watching the game. So the respect factor is there. These kids are going to take it to heart, and I think it's just a good piece to have in your locker room um, when you have young players. When you, when you can bring in older players, 
um, that are almost on the the last legs of their career. It's it's almost like uh, paying. It's almost like a paying it forward. You know what I mean? They're they're able to give back to the game, and that that's why I love the NFL so much. It's like you have these old players that yeah, you weren't able. You're not able to put up the numbers you once were, but your value is far beyond just what you can do on the field at this point. It's your football knowledge. And I, th- I well, think that was a great pick um, by bringing him to their locker room. How do you feel about that? Like, well, and like when you're seeing veterans, like the Chiefs, like that's the next team, and I'm just going to keep the pace by moving to yep. them. But my thing is the Chiefs' biggest thing was they got Kyle Long, right? So they bring in an older guy who was retired. They also got Joe Tooney from the Patriots. They're they had a real weird off season. This team, they, they were in the Super Bowl and then they lost their two tackles to start the like free agency. They've addressed a few things here, but like Mike Rimmers is another one, but I would look at this team too. Yeah. They have the veterans like you were talking about, but like to beat Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has the perfect balance. The chiefs are going to now have to try to trade up because they have like the 31st pick in this draft, try to get a young tackle. That's what I would think. The The Broncos issue, just quickly touching on that, was it's just weird that Elway, he can't get a quarterback other than trading for one. I, I just find that very strange that they spent first, they can't get it right. The only real good thing that he's done since he became GM was get Peyton Manning in, and that was a home run hit. Like, I could have done that. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I know his name is, like, something that you pay for because he was a great quarterback for them, but I, I really don't like their GM moves that they do. And, like, the Chiefs have just outdone them in every single thing. Like, you look at their depth chart, they're loaded. They hit on Patrick Mahomes. That was unbelievable. Then they get Clyde Edwards Solaire, who just as soon as at the draft, you knew he was going to fit with Mahomes. Tyreek Hill, as long as he keeps his attitude right, he's amazing. Hardman's good. Demarcus Robinson. And, like, honestly, the biggest argument is everybody likes to put Mahomes as number one. The guy who's helped him get there is Travis Kelsey. He is the best tight end. And it'll be their question, this team in – just to keep the pace, really, is their old line. That's my touch. They In free agency, they got Taco Charlton, an old first-round pick by Dallas, played for Michigan. Jaron Reed, another first-round pick from Alabama. They kind of gotten some backups in to fill in at Frank Clark in case that day ever comes where he's got to go. And they got Chris Jones, who restructured. So Tyron Matthew is well at safety. But this team is the best team in the division. And, like, I'll make my prediction later, but you know where it is with this team. And just look at this team, I would say, to draft an old lineman in the draft, and that's kind of where I'm at with them. What do you think about that team? See, yeah, there's not really much to touch uh, with the Chiefs here. Um, like they got Matthew that pretty much solidifies their uh, secondary. Uh, they got in, they got really good uh, um, linebackers. Their defensive line is – it's good. It's not. It doesn't stand out, out, but it's it's good. It gets the job done. Their offense, like you said, Patrick Mahomes, this guy is a fucking catalyst of the league. Uh, running back, amazing. Their receivers, they got uh, Tyreek Hill. This guy is like fucking lightning fast. And yeah, Kelsey, this guy can catch the ball. He runs really good routes. Um, but the one thing I feel like he doesn't get a lot of credit for, folks, is his chip blocking. Um, this guy literally makes a chip block, breaks off. If you don't know what a chip block is, it's where he's in his formation, he makes his block, but then he chips off of them 
and then he'll run like a six, seven yard slant to the outside and boom, right over his shoulder every fucking time. So it gives Mahomes that extra second and a half that he needs. And man, he is so big. He's like, he's six foot five. So he's actually bigger than most of their, their offensive linemen folks. So when you have a guy break up that big, that is that he's almost like a grunk, but way more athletic. Um, so yeah, I, I actually like them. Um, I, like you said, they, they do have a late pick, but if you look at, uh, how many teams I think are going to be going after offensive players that are going to be able to, uh, change the dynamic of what they're able to do, um, on the offensive side. And most teams are going to, they're going after that defensive help. I don't, I think there might be like three to four teams that are going for like an old lineman, uh, first round. And that makes um, the picking field for the Chiefs a lot better in being able to get uh, an O line in the first round. I think I don't think you're gonna like I don't think O line's gonna be like a position where you really need to worry about first round not being able to get who you want. I think it's gonna be pretty safe to say that position going later uh, in the first round you're gonna be able to get kind of who you want. See, and I think the kind of opposite on the free, like the old lineman, just because the Raiders, they're the next ones, right? Like the Raiders, yeah. they, so they have the pick, before, like they have way before the Chiefs, not right before, but yeah. they, some people thought they were nuts, right? Like they re-signed, they got Incognito back, Nick Martin, Denzel Good. They have a huge hole though from losing their uh, starting tackle, Trent Brown to the Patriots. He just didn't fill this team right. And then I, I'm going to touch on that though. Uh, John Brown's a great fill in there. They have Zay Jones. A few little, like little pieces here. Willie Sneed, Kenyon Drake, Theo Riddick. Those will all be backups so at running back position. But their big one was Yannick Njoku, who's a great fill in. They paid for him, but he's a good end. And then from there, I kind of see that they could take anything on either line. But my favorite pick for them would be a tackle. I think the Chiefs are going to. You look at that game, Mahomes is running around. The Raiders are going to steal a guy that they would love to have fallen, Christian Darshaw from Virginia Tech. I don't see him falling past the, in this area even. So I don't, I don't see the Chiefs getting him. The Chiefs, I almost would say, like, the Raiders are going to – I like what the Raiders can do here. They can maybe push the Chiefs. They're not going to win this division, but maybe get into that wild card. I always like to take them as a wild card because they got a lot of talent. I'd say the Chiefs would are going to need to trade back up into the draft to get a tackle because if they sit and don't do anything, they're going to have to live with a year where they don't have a tackle to protect Mahomes. And then you kind of have that question mark, could they have won if they moved up? And that, that's where I see them is I don't see them staying at that 31 spot. Look to them to trade up. They could do that. They can make a big move. The Chiefs, the Raiders are going to go O-line in my opinion. And possibly they could go D-line, but I would say that it will be an O-lineman there. Trent Brown's gone. And I, I see the Raiders as a – just who's their QB, and that's the touch on it, is Carr or, Mah- or uh, Mariota. And they're going to probably run with Carr one more year. But I don't know. This team has got a lot of talent on it, but it just doesn't seem to come to fruition. If I was Gruden, I would not be running with Carr this year. It's at least a fucking season. Uh, this guy – yeah, he, he just stands there. He competes, but he's not electric. He's not somebody that's going to push the envelope for you. He's not going to win you. Uh, he might uh, – I don't even see them getting to the playoffs, actually. 
Yeah, and you know what? The next team on the list is another. They're kind of all of these other teams other than the Chiefs run into each other, almost the Chargers. They hit last year on their QB, Herbert. And I look at what they've done. They got a center, Corey Lindsley, for him. And you look at their team, honestly, I could see this team rebuilding a bit, but they're not going to push it. I see the Chiefs, like, this is a quick division, really, to touch on because from what I've seen is Chiefs run away with it. They're number one. The battle is for two, really. And I could see that, like, I picked the Raiders at two, but the Raiders could fall, then three Chargers, then four Denver. I just don't like Denver's QB play. I would say that the kind of the unpopular opinion would be maybe he, Herbert pushes this team and he could even fight with the Chiefs. They just don't have enough talent. I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers got into the second spot, though. No, I, I think the, the Chargers could get in the second spot. I would actually like to see the Chargers maybe not early in the season, but, like, by by the play, like, by trade deadline, for sure. Try to make a, an accusation for uh, some offensive names. Um, because, like you said, Herbert is the face of this franchise. The kid did his job. Uh, he came to play every week. He took some licks, but uh, he did his job. And uh, that's all you could ever ask for in a young kid like this. And so with him, it's like you just need some offense. You give the kid some offense and let him run. So, like, just... they're going to get a receiver, I think. They put with they have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams there. You get Devontae Smith, you have a three headed monster. And the Chargers, if they can hit on a receiver in this early part of this draft, they could be real good. Losing Hunter Henry was big. They filled it with Jared Cook, which I don't really like Jared Cook. But they're going to get young, and they're going to be good in the coming years, I think, where the Chiefs are number one. But as a closing little talk here, because we got about four minutes left, uh, who do you got winning the AFC now? We've touched on all of them. Give me, like, in a minute here, your three favorites. I'll do mine, and then we'll close it out. What are you – who are your three favorite AFC teams right now? Um, three favorite AFC teams. Sorry, I was just looking at a stat real quick that really disturbed me. Uh, side note here, Chargers need to do something about their offense as well, like their offensive line. Uh, Justin Herbert got sacked 32 times last year. Uh, he's young, yeah. He's 23 years old, but if you want to keep him around the league and, uh, the, and have some longevity to his career, that number's got to come down. Uh, AFC. Okay, so in the AFC West, I, like I have the Chiefs winning that, but in the AFC whole, um, I'm gonna take the Chiefs coming out of. I'm gonna top three: uh, Chiefs, Ravens, and Bills. Okay, so for mine, I have those are good. Those, my biggest question on that one is like, for me, I'm taking the Bills number one. I'm gonna go with the unpopular opinion. I'm Woo! gonna take that number one. Billy's number one. I think they go to the Super Bowl. Really? Oh, go, three, go three times, right? Like the Chiefs. I, I put Chiefs as number two. And my number three is actually going to be the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns are a much better team than Baltimore all over the field. It'll come down to Baker, really. And then that's my teams. is going to be, yeah, number one, Buffalo, number two, Chiefs, and Cleveland, three. We got a quick minute here. Anything you want to touch on before we close out? Uh, I, I guess the only reason I'm picking Baltimore over Cleveland um, is I just think Lamar Jackson is getting real sick of answering questions and that sour taste in his mouth at the end of the season. It's like, why can't this guy win? It was like, oh, why can't he win a playoff game? Okay, 
He won a playoff game. Well, now why can't he win a divisional game? Okay, well, now I feel like every year it's just a whole bunch of whys and whys and whys. Why can't this guy do this and that? Well, it's like, hey, folks, football is a team game. It's not a, a player game. So this is not bowling and this is not golf. You're not playing against yourself. There are other players on the field, and they do determine the outcome of the game. So this is a chess match. Um, and uh, Well, that's your hot take, right? Is yeah. The, Lamar's going to push it, which is, yeah, and you know what? That's a respectful thing. It'll be interesting. I think it's kind of this year. He, I don't know. Like, he's got – he's going to get compared because of his MVP to guys like Mahomes, which is maybe unfortunate, but – It is. Uh, yeah, and my push is Cleveland just got more talent. That's why I picked them. I, I, I like what they've done. I think they have way more talent than Baltimore, and I almost think that Baltimore might have struggles with Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh gets a running back and – they could split theirs where I think the Browns might sweep a few of those teams. And that's kind of my wrap up, really. If you want to close it out, that was, we have almost everything else. So let's go. Let's make this interesting for today. Let's go pick two Super Bowl predictions. For the NF, NF, AFC or NFL, period? NFL, period. Just pick four teams that you think possibly. Tampa Bay is one for me. Number two, it would, I'd put probably the Bills and Chiefs. So if I was picking two NFC teams, I would pick Tampa Bay. I would pick my – I'm going to go on a hot take and take San Francisco, though, if they get Mac Jones. Woo! So I would Tampa Bay, San Fran, and then my other ones are going to be, yeah, Bills and Chiefs. Okay. You- Bills, Chiefs, uh, and then I have the Bucks, and I'm going to go Green Bay. Okay. Respectful, yeah, yeah. No, I that was my fight is Green Bay or uh San Fran, but I'll take San Fran. I, I, I just think it's a situation with Green Bay. Um, it's, it's almost like I just said too. Um, with uh, with Lamar is with Green Bay, you got Aaron Rodgers, who's I think is just fucking sick of losing, and he's in a situation now where. He's he's always going to come second to Brady, right? So yeah. now, is he in a situation where he can almost steal a couple of rings from him? Time will tell. Yeah. Well, that was a good point. You closed it out there, buddy. I like that point to close out on. So that was good. Sounds good. Well, thanks for uh, listening, folks. Uh, this was episode uh, five now. Um, so hope you all are uh, enjoying. Four, four. Oh, four. yeah. This is four, four. Sorry. Wow. Episode four. So, hope everyone's enjoying tuning in. Uh, lots more to come. And, uh, yeah, thanks for.